scrolling through Twitter and I come across this atomic essay written by Matt Raglan. And an atomic essay is it's in a type of essay, it's a piece of content that students from Dickie Bush's Ship 30 for 30 program ship for 30 days. So they share it on Twitter. It's like a one pager, around 300 to 500 words. And it's just banger insights from people that are that have been part of cool tech companies, creators, bloggers, writers, uh, people with experience that you actually want to learn from. So I really appreciate the program for that. It gets a lot of people that uh, have this, this tangible experience that, uh, that, the world should know and this program has given them an outlet to produce and share that and Matt Raglan is one of them he's someone that I don't know much about but I, I know enough that I should pay attention and this is what it says the, the atomic essay is 10 lessons for aspiring creators and the intro reads I started creating content with my first blog in 2011 in 10 years I've hosted two podcasts built a YouTube channel worked at a creator centric startups ConvertKit, then Podium, and then made the jump to full-time creator. In my 10-year overnight success, I learned a lot of lessons. Here are the best for aspiring creators. So I read the rest of the essay, and it's gold. I resonated with it. It was someone that has experience working in front of the camera, behind the camera, writing, producing, and all different aspects of the creator economy from, from the music industry to now working with brands to consulting with creators one-on-one. -on -one. I saw this and I was like, man, more people need to see this. So I shared it with my buddy. And then right when I shared it with him, I was like, wait a second. What if we talked about our takeaways from this piece. So I called him and I said, hey, can I record a conversation of us breaking down this, these 10 lessons? And he said, yeah. Now, now my buddy, he is a fellow creator. He's worked with me on various projects throughout the years. He's created for multi, multiple multi-platinum artists, billion-dollar brands, and he's built successful media platforms himself. Now, he's not someone that necessarily is that enjoys being not enjoys he just prefers to be behind the scenes building he 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 lets the brand and the ideas speak for themselves where me i put myself out there i put my name on everything it's very personality driven but he's a behind the scenes guy so that's what we're going to keep it in this conversation right so I think it's important because he's still a creator. That's his style of creating. He doesn't want to be the, the, the front person. He wants to be behind the scenes cooking. And I respect that. And I think it's important for you because there, you know, that might be your mode of, of, of creating. That might be the type of brand that you want to build online. And, and either way, it, it's, just a, it's just a quick conversation breaking down these 10 lessons that Matt Raglan put together and i appreciate matt for writing this i think it's a a, a a fantastic take on on um some key things that people that are trying to figure out where to start should know so let's get into it with the first one you'll never get any this is number one you'll never get anywhere if you don't start learn as you go it's cliche but it's amazing how many people refuse to start they, do, they want to talk about, oh, oh, I, I'm thinking about doing this or I, I'm thinking about being a photographer. What do you think? I mean, I think you should just do it and then you'll know. Exactly. Exactly. By the time you're done, like taking a poll on a survey, you've could have, you've could have put out five of them and learned if it's something you want to do or don't want to do. And know definitively if you like it or not. Exactly. And I think I, I got lucky at the beginning because I, 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 uh, I really wanted to start, but I, I, 
was more behind the scenes where I was working with someone that already started and seeing him do it gave me the courage to do it myself. So maybe, you know, as you're just starting, try to surround yourself with people that have started. Well, uh, there is something about seeing, seeing somebody up close, do it in a big way, but real, but knowing them personally and you're like, Oh, this person is dumb in these areas. They <laughs> do it big in these areas. Like when, when the star is humanized, it feels like any anything is possible for yep. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's approachable. All right, all right. Number two, focus on consistency over quality. It's the only way to get your first one hundred rounds of content published. Uh, I mean, that's something that that I agree with as well. Consistency over quality. It's for for so many people just starting. You see other people that have already posted a hundred, so you're comparing yourself to their hundredth video. So you want it to be at that level, so that's something that also holds you back. So there, it takes a lot of guts and courage to put out that that more raw style content at the beginning, because we want it to be perfect. Because you know we're like trying to prove ourselves to like our family, our friends, like yo, this isn't just a hobby. Like I'm really doing it, but also my work isn't that good at the same time. So it's like it, it you it, it it's sort of like the tax at the beginning. You're going to put out messy stuff that you can eventually delete if you want. But I, I do I do agree with him. Try to get to um, a place where you can have a nice meeting ground of, of consistency and quality. Yeah, getting to quality through quantity. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then he says, I mean, the third one's kind of the same one as the second one. Have a goal of 100 rounds of published content. And, and uh, I've talked about that the goat Seth Godin talks about that Roberto Blake talks about it uh having a body of work like that's something to be more proud of than a video that goes viral right it's like the Russ theory Russ put out a body of work so when his one video did go viral and he had the skill set and he was now like his talent his skill like matched the the quality of content he was trying to make eventually when people found him, they bought into his personality and his brand so much that they just went back and listened to all his stuff. So he, it's better than, you know, going viral and not having more content for your people to, to dig into. Yeah. You got to have something for the people to swim around in and explain, uh, the dip by Seth Godin, because it basically is the whole book is this law. I don't really know. I, I haven't read that book. Can you explain it to me? Yeah, I read the first 20 pages out of 200 and was like, he's about to repeat the same thing for the next 180 pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just to yeah. get the book deal. Just, just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, just to be an official book. An article. It could have been an article. All it says is basically, it says basically commit to doing 100 things because around 10, 15, 20, it's going to suck. You're going to feel like, oh, this is not working. Yep. And the worst possible time you could quit is when things are not working because you're like on this little down dip. Either quit before you start or quit after a hundred. Don't quit when it's hard at like number mm. thirty and you're like feeling exhausted. Like, and he calls it the dip. Yeah, yeah. Because you had this initial. I, I've noticed that with the bonus footage account that I had this initial excitement because like, oh, people are seeing it for the first time and they're giving me this praise and they're like, they're really stoked about it too. That makes me more stoked. But now that people are following me and they get it now, so they're like not saying those things, but they're still true things. <laughs> but it, like, it, it's it's like it's made me lose some momentum on it, which I've had to reinvigorate in, in, and try to find creative ways to approach it and, and not rely on that type of feedback, rely on building the body of work. Right. You, you got to have the internal fortitude 
to, to give, give yourself the, your own energy around it when the world isn't giving you that energy yeah, anymore. That's hard. You know, it, it really is the crucial time when, and that's, that's just grind season. You know, there's nothing more of a grind than when you're doing it by yourself without much input from the world, but you just keep doing it. And everybody that has ever made anything or built anything knows exactly that period. So the, the next point is follow the hourglass curve. See days five and six. Uh, hourglass curve. Okay, so he probably wrote about this on day five and six of his of ship 30 for 30. Do, do you have any insight on what the hour he might be talking about here? Our... No, I, I do love the open loop that he creates. So he has a piece of content and five, you know, five notches in when you're already into absorbing the content, he has a link out. Like, oh, if you want to know more about this, boom. Yeah. I appreciate that open loop for at least from a marketing angle. No, you're totally right. I'm actually going to find it. So I'm going to bring up his Twitter, Matt Ragland. Uh, so, all right, the hourglass curve. Early in a creator's journey, it can be difficult to decide which topics to focus on. We've all heard the advice that it's best to find a niche and stick with it, but new creators don't have any useful data to pick said niche. Enter the hourglass curve. Creator topics and audience interests follow an hourglass-like curve. Early on, it's best, to route, it's best to write about a range of topics that interest you and even have experience and expertise in. This is level one of the curve. After 10 to 30 pieces of content, you have data to see which topics resonated with the audience. Now you can confidently pick the right topics to build on. This is level two. And then true fans and super niching. As you ship consistently and stay focused and build an audience – this march to 100 rounds of content, you move from level two to three, the neck of the hourglass. This is your super niche and the place that you gather true fans. So you're like really understand the audiences, their nuances, what they respond to after after a certain amount of content. And then that's where you're you, – we talk about uh, how, how Russ like developed his – like if you hear his first songs, he's not as good. For a writer online or a YouTuber, you're not as good in the first ones. But you, as you put more out, you understand the audience more, but then you also become a better creator at the same time. So the topic is narrow like an hourglass, but the audience interest has grown and become more focused with you. This helps solve the dinner party problem many many creators face. When the hourglass expands tomorrow – Oh, this guy, he, he, I got to keep going more into his content. Tomorrow I'll share. Oh, yeah, I'll yeah, share we, the, but we already know this. Yeah, yeah. We know this. This is the algorithm cowboy theory. Yeah, yeah. Algorithm cowboy. So he gets you hooked and then you got to keep reading. I like it though. I respect it. So no, no, the algorithm cowboy is the, is the hourglass thing. You know, you put out like the easiest way to see it right now in context is on TikTok. You'll have someone that does skits. They do relationship skits. They do skits about showing up late to work. They do skits about uh, getting a new boyfriend. And they're doing a bunch of skits. And then one goes viral. One where it's like a bathroom skit. Mm. And now moving forward, all of their skits are all about bathroom skits. Bathroom humor, yeah, bathroom yeah, jokes. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and then, they like, go so deep into that. Built out of that then, then, right the whole character is built around the bathroom jokes and that is actually easier for monetization because you know exactly what your audience is there for yep. so it's easy to sell a bathroom tissue or, or to come up with your own little or, or, or a dollar right. shave club <laughs> right right okay yeah, yeah 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 i like that it i i think you're right that, that i mean i i sort of say uh i was talking to gia 
my 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 wife um and and i was talking about the you know the th it's the same thing when i say throw spaghetti at the wall see what sticks and then look at what sticked and why it sticked and then keep, throw more of those and then eventually you're just having a higher consistency of stuff that sticks don't ac actually throw spaghetti at the wall but like i don't know and that's why just getting started is so important because you, you can't figure out what works just by thinking about it. Exactly. You have to go to the market and get the feedback. So the, no, number six is oh, – oh, number five. I think you'll like this one. Sell a product ASAP and learn from your customers. How do you feel about that? Because, well – we we talk a lot about building an audience now. Yeah, I'm opposed. I'm opposed to selling a, a um, selling something right away. I love building rapport with the audience without selling a single thing or without even asking for anything for for nine months, twelve months, two years before turning on monetization. Yeah. I, I love building that organic because as soon as you start monetizing the audience, the relationship changes. Well, the an argument against that is. If you sell from the jump, people aren't surprised when you sell in two years. So I think the funnel is smaller at the top when when you're automatically yeah. selling, automatically trying to convert. Well, those first two years, I'm trying to make the funnel as big as possible and get as many people interested in what I'm doing, and then I can start introducing ways to monetize. So I was talking to a creator, and he told me that he has a low tier. He's always had a low tier product from the jump, like 19 bucks just to train his audience that he is the type of person that will sell to you in the future. And he chose to do that intentionally knowing that he was going to sell to them in the future. So maybe it's like a low tier product. You're not saying, yo, I'm going to sell you a thousand dollar cohort from the jump, but maybe something that's almost like a intro level. It's almost like a top of the funnel product where it's like, all right, if I get a paying customer here, they're more likely to, to pay for something more expensive in the future. Yeah, I appreciate that, especially when it's knowledge products, because it, it almost does feel like a like a re, like a a uh, like an earthquake when someone who's just putting out stuff for free on their Instagram all day, and then it's like, hey, like I have a course, and it's just like, oh, he they yeah, find it, like, yeah, they they, they oh, do me. doing it. I, I'm afraid of that a little bit myself, where but like, I'm not as much as I as I used to be, but like yeah, out of the blue, being like, ha ha, I got you guys, look in my direction, buy something now, right? <laughs> you know? I think I think that waiting to monetize and seeing because the audience is going to tell you what they actually want. Yeah. And, and so by getting data points from the audience, when you finally do sell, it's not like in a silly way. It's not in like a, like a take a guess in the dark way. It's like you asked for like, this. Oh, you're, mm -hmm. it's so dialed in. It's so perfect. And, you, and I mean, I, I'm a big fan of doing like a pre-release. So, hey, like I'm doing this. If you, if you guys are interested in something like this, put your email here. I mean, it's coming out in two weeks, so I'll let you know, like blah, blah, and then see who's interested yeah. and then sell to them instead of blasting to the whole audience. Like see who's interested and then like warm them up and continually feed them as opposed to like just posting on the main page and being like, buy this, buy this. Because we know that conversion rates on the internet, we're hoping, we're begging on knees, 4%, 5%, hoping and praying. Most people are getting 1% and are happy, you know? Yeah. No, you make a great point. You make a great point. I, I, I think that... I think that there is more, I mean, like you look at Matt, Matt Diavella, he, he built his audience for years and then decided to sell. And he's probably having a lot of success in what he's selling right now. And he, he took that route of, of truly waiting. I don't even think he sponsored early on. Uh, so the next one is use the content audience flywheel. 
create content, share it, learn from the feedback, and then create again. We sort of already talked about that one. All right, so cool. We'll, we'll move on to the next one. Seven, create for one person. Tim Ferriss wrote early chapters of the four-hour work week in his email to get a personal style. Love it. Yeah, I think that's self-explanatory. I, I, I talked about this in a little uh, uh, that, that podcast that I was on about how our boy Champagne Poppy, um, uh, Drake, when he writes a song, he writes it to one person. And when you're writing to one person, you can get nuanced and detailed in the story. And there's only like so many emotions that people relate to. So you know, he, he, if you're getting nuanced and detailed in the story, someone else is going to find that relatable in some way. But if you tried to appeal to every relationship he's ever had or every situation, he wouldn't get that detailed. And it, so it wouldn't bring people into the story. So right. create for one person. And the, and the modern cheat code for that is following people that fit into your customer avatar on Instagram. So yeah. if you're selling to moms or you're selling to soccer players, if you're following them on Instagram, their stories, their posts, reading the comments, you're going to see what things resonate in with characters in that world and be able to build and like adjust better because you're like getting their like raw output every day. A hundred percent. You talked about like everything starts at Gary Vee. You could start if you have no nowhere to start with content. Pick like one niche or topic that Gary talks about. Look at all of the posts and then look at people's comments on that and you'll see trends. Mariah Cos calls that copy stalking. Go into other people's stuff and, and stalk the copy, how they're writing about it and how people are commenting on it. All right, number eight, emulate, don't duplicate. Learn from creators you admire and emulate their topics, but do your own version. That's self-explanatory. I mean, in some cases I say just, because even if you try to copy it exactly, you're not going to do your the same. Smile and spice is not going to come out, yeah. and most people won't even know that you were trying to copy. Exactly. It. So if you do try to copy it exactly, it's it's going to work either way. Like, yeah, that, that, that's why that when they say, you know, you know who talked about that, uh, the guy from My First Million, when he learned how to write, he calls it copy work. He literally would just go in and rewrite people's books that he liked their voice and style, and when you do that over and over again, you start to like, you start to understand how they're, uh, how they're framing paragraphs, how they get to the point of a story, how they, how they frame dialogue in, in at, when they're writing. And you start to pull elements of their, of their tone and style. And then you incorporate that into your own style. And a lot of artists do that in song covers. Like that's why people blow up. They're, they're just doing song covers. They're learning how other people like, structured and created these songs and then they pull elements of that and put that into their own work it's sean mm -hmm. sean parr uh, sam purry sam parr yes what were the names again sam parr and sean purry yeah it was you're talking about sam parr yeah, yeah. yeah sam parr all right number nine we got two more number number nine start an email list this week my instagram got hacked and and i put like four months into building this instagram almost at a thousand followers and it got hacked and deactivated and never before did I realize how important it was to have an email list, something that I actually owned the communication of. Uh, and I, I can communicate directly to an email list no matter what I, you know, I, I can save it no matter what the email platform is. Uh, but, but Instagram, Instagram, owns me if, I, if I'm on their account. They get to call the shots. That, that account could be deleted whenever. 
Uh, so I, I think it's super important to own own the communication of your audience. And understand what is rented and what is owned. Mm. Right? You talk more about that. Yeah, I mean, on, on the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, we're, we're, we're tenants. Yeah, we're tenants, yeah, yeah. you know? I'm showing up at the apartment building. They're saying, this is your room. <laughs> yeah. And you, you can yell and try to get as many people in there as you want, but we might just come and, they, and lock the door to the room they might, one day. Yeah, they might uh, knock it down and rebuild and do something totally different. Right, right. Or people, you know, in the beginning days of Facebook, it's organic reach. So if you have people that like your page and – you post something, you have a hundred people that like it. A hundred people are going to see it. Like, you know, you have a house party at your, at your room on a, on a rented, in a rented apartment, people are going to come, yep. but the rented apartment is going to switch, can switch the number or lock the door. Like they, they can't do that to, to an email yeah. list. All right. And one more tools and designs don't matter much. Too many creators get stuck on font, color palettes, plugins, etc. Just ship. It's basically the same one as number one. Just just start, learn as you go. But I, I think – I'm not even mad at it because uh, uh, I've actually heard this twice in the last week. Someone was like, people don't necessarily need to learn more. They need to be reminded of what's true and what's worked often. <laughs> um, and I think this is true. Like so many people are like, oh, I need to get this camera. Oh, I need to be on this platform. Oh, I need this type of editing tool where it, it's – like you, you might, but use the resources that are right in front of you. Uh, the, the, the one guest that I was talking to, um, it's going to be on the show in one of her behind the scenes videos. She, she shows that she doesn't have a tripod. She like literally puts her camera on a shoe. And for some reason, when I saw that, I was like, that actually makes me trust her more that she shows that it like, it brings you into like, it makes their content more like approachable and personal. Whereas if I'm watching like a news show and they have all of these, all of this equipment, all, you know, you're like, yo, what else are they producing? What other BS are they like, like, you know, all, you know, 19 cameras, all of the production that thousands and thousands of dollars that goes into this. I, I trust the girl that puts the camera on her shoe more than I trust them. So there's something to just using the resources that are right in front of you that is actually a, a huge advantage. And it's easy to get caught up doing the fake work. Oh, I need to design oh, the website. Yeah. Which one colors be? Oh, I need to register an LLC. That one gets me the hottest. I need to register an LLC yeah, yeah, yeah. before I start. Like, nah, that's, that all counts as fake or work. The until logo. you have someone... Oh, what, oh my God. What's the logo? What's the name? Like, no, Yo. until you have an audience or someone ready to purchase, all of that is fake work. Creating and, and talking to the audience is the core. Everything else, fake work. My man. Yo, this was our, uh, I don't know if we'll post this. We might post this. This might be a, an extra episode. I, I might charge you for out the, out the gate. <laughs> Um, no, but, uh, yo, uh, I appreciate you coming on and jamming out about this stuff. And, uh, yeah, that's all. Um, subscribe, do all the things. Uh, Matt Ragland on Twitter is where this, this article is from. Go check out more of his stuff. I'll tag him, see if he DMs me, and then maybe we'll become friends. And we'll have him on the show. Uh, all right. Have a great day, bro.
Later. <laughs> What's up? Yo, I hope you enjoyed that show. Thank you for jamming out for the entire conversation. If you like that format, let me know. Send me a DM at bonus footage on Instagram. If there are any topics, any atomic essays, any pieces of content you want me to break down with another creative friend, send the links to those too. I, w- I would love to go deeper into some of these subjects if that's something that you enjoy hearing. And if you could do me a huge favor, since we're here and we're homies, if you could go to the iTunes podcast player and write a review on this show, hopefully positive, but just just be truthful. Any, any review helps. I appreciate you for listening. I appreciate you for... Uh, taking the time out of your day to to go deeper into what it takes to be a, a creator and and to share your stories and to put your stories in the world in an effort to make a positive impact i appreciate you for that all right have a wonderful day have an inspired day put the camera on your face stop playing start playing bye